Act Three, Part One of Faust, Part Two, by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, translated by Bayard Taylor. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Before the Palace of Menelaus in Sparta. Helena enters with the chorus of captive Trojan women. Panthalus, leader of the chorus. I, much admired and much reviled, I, Helena, come from the strand where we have disembarked but now, still giddy from the restless rocking of the waves of ocean, which from Phrygian uplands hitherwards on high, opposing backs, Poseidon's favor won, and Euro's strength, have borne us to our native bay. Below there, with the bravest of his warriors, now King Menelaus feels the joy of his return. But thou, bid me welcome back, thou lofty house, which tenderest my father on the gentle slope, returning from the hill of Pallas, builded up. And when I, here with Clytemnestra, sister-like, with Castor and with Pollux gaily sporting, grew, before all Sparta's houses nobly was adorned. Ye valves of yon dark iron portals, ye I hail. Once, through your festive and inviting opening, it happened that to me, from many singled out, the coming of the bridegroom, Menelaus, John. Unfold again for me, that I, the king's command, fulfill with strictness, as unto a spouse is meet. Give entrance now and let all things be left behind which hitherto have stormed upon me full of doom for since this place all unsuspicious i forsook for cintheria's fane as holy duty called but there the robber seized me he the phrygian happened have many things which people far and wide so fain relate but which so fain hears not the one of whom the legend rose and to a fable grew Disdain thou not, beautiful dame, Possession proud of the highest estate, For the greatest fortune is thine alone, The fame of beauty that towers o'er all, The name of the hero heralds his path, Thence proudly he strides, Yet bends at once the stubbornest man, And yields to all conquering beauty's might. Enough with mine own spouse have I been hither shipped, and now by him beforehand to his city sent. Yet what his purposes may be I fail to guess. Do I come here as wife, or do I come as queen, or come an offering for the prince's bitter pain, and for the long-endured misfortune of the Greeks? For they, the immortals, verily fixed my fame and fate ambiguously, attendants twain of doubtful worth to beauty, who upon this very threshold stand with gloomy and with threatening presence at my side. Then, even in the hollow ship, but seldom looked my spouse on me, nor ever word of comfort spake, as if he brooded evil, fronting me he sat. But now, when speeding towards the strand of that deep cove Eurytus makes, scarce had the foremost vessel's prows the land saluted, than he spake as urged the gods. Here, in their ordered rank, my warriors disembark. Them shall I muster, ranged along the ocean strand. But thou go ever onwards, up the hallowed banks of fair Eurytus, dowered with gifts of plenteous fruit. 
guiding the stallions o'er the bloom of watery meads till there on that most lovely plain thy journey ends where lacedaemon once a fruitful spreading field surrounded by austerest mountains built its seat set thou thy foot within the high-towered princely house and muster well the maids whom there behind i left together with the old and faithful stewardess let her display to thee the wealth of treasures stored even as thy father them bequeathed and i myself in war and peace accumulating have amassed all things shalt thou in ancient order find because it is the ruler's privilege that he all things in faithful keeping find returning to his house where'er he may have left it each thing in its place for power to change in aught possesses not the slave let now the splendid accumulate wealth rejoice and cheer thee in eye and heart for the gleam of chain and the glory of crown are lying idly in haughty repose but enter thou in and challenge them all and they will respond i rejoice to witness beauty compete with gold and pearl and the jewel stone thereafter further came my lord's imperious speech now when all things in order thou inspectest hast then take so many tripods as thou needful deemst and vessels manifold such as desires at hand who offers to the gods fulfilling holy use the kettles also howls the shallow basin's disk the purest water from the sacred fountain fill in lofty urns and further also ready hold the well-dried wood that rapidly accepts the flame and let the knife well sharpened fail not finely yet all besides will i relinquish to thy care so spake he urging my departure but no thing of living breath did he who ordered thus a point that shall to honor the olympian gods be slain tis critical and yet i banish further care and let all things be now to the high gods referred who that fulfill where to their minds may be disposed whether by men tis counted good or whether bad in either case we mortals we are doomed to bear already lifted off the offerer the axe in consecration or the bowed neck of the beast and could not consummate the act for enemies approaching or gods intervening hindered him what, what shall happen imaginest thou not queen go, go forwards, forwards with courage blessing and evil come unexpected to men though announced yet, yet we do not believe burned not ilion saw we not also death in the face shameful as death and are we not here with thee companioned joyously serving seeing the dazzling sun in the heavens and the fairest of earth too kindest one thee we the happy let come what may whatever awaits me it beseems that i without delay go up in the royal house which long my need and yearning forfeited almost once more hath risen on my sight i know not how my feet no longer bear me with such fearlessness up the high steps which as a child i sprang across cast ye o sisters ye sorrowful captives all your trouble far from ye your mistress's joy partake helena's joy partake who the paternal hearth delightedly now is approaching 
truly with late returning, but with firmer and surer feet. Praise ye the sacredest, still re-establishing and home-bringing immortals. How the delivered one soars as on lifted wings over asperities while in vain the prisoned one yearningly over the fortress parapet pineth with outspread arms. But a god took hold of her, the expatriate, and from Ilion's ruins hither hath borne her again, to the ancient, the newly embellished paternal house, from unspeakable raptures and torments, early youthful days, now refreshed to remember. Penthelus, as leader of the chorus. Forsake ye now the joy-encompassed path of song, and towards the portal's open valve your glances turn. What sisters do I see? Returneth not the queen, with swift and agitated step, again to us? What is it now, great queen? What could encounter thee to move and shake thee so, within thy house's halls, instead of greeting? Thou canst not conceal the thing, for strong repulsion, written on thy brow I see, a noble indignation, struggling with amaze. Helena, who has left the wings of the portal open, excitedly. A common fear beseemeth not the child of Zeus. No lightly passing hand of terror touches her. But that fell horror which the womb of ancient night, with first of things delivered, rolled through many forms. Like glowing cloud that from the mountain's fiery throat whirl up expanding, even heroes' breasts may shake. Thus terribly have here to-day the Stygian gods mine entrance in the house betokened, and I fain. Even as a guest dismissed would take myself away from this oft-trodden threshold, I so long to tread. But no, hither have I retreated to the light, nor further shall ye force me. Powers, be who ye may. Some consecration will I muse. Then, purified, the hearth-fire may the wife so welcome as the Lord. Discover, noble dame, unto thy servants here who reverently assist thee, what hath come to pass? What I beheld shall ye with your own eyes behold. If now that shape the ancient knight hath not at once re-swallowed to the wonders of her deepest breast. But I with words will yet declare it that ye know. When solemnly my nearest duty borne in mine, the royal house's gloomy inner court I trod, amazed I saw the silent dreary corridors, no sound of diligent labor going forwards met the ear, no signs of prompt and busy haste the eye, and not a maid appeared to me, no stewardess such as wont to greet the stranger friendly-wise. But when towards the ample hearthstone I advanced, I saw beside glimmering ashes that remained a veiled and giant woman seated on the ground, not like to one who sleeps, but one deep sunk in thought. With words of stern command I summoned her to work. The stewardess surmising, who meanwhile perchance my spouse with forethought there had stationed when he left, but she, still crouched together, sat immovable. Stirred by my threats at last, she lifted the right arm as if from hearth and hall she beckoned me away. I turned indignantly from her, and swiftly sped unto the steps whereon aloft the thalamus adorned is set and near thereto the treasure-room. 
but suddenly from the floor the wondrous figure sprang barring my way imperiously and showed herself in haggard height with hollow blood-discoloured eyes a shape so strange that eye and mind confounded are but to the winds i speak for all in vain doth speech fatigue itself creatively to build up forms there look yourselves she even ventures forth to light here are we masters till the lord and king shall come the horrid births of night does phoebus beauty's friend drive out of sight to caverns or he binds them fast forcius appears on the threshold between the doorposts much my experience although the tresses youthfully clustering wave on my temples many the terrible things i have witnessed warriors lamenting ilion's night when it fell through the beclouded dusty and maddened throngs of the combatants heard i the gods then terribly calling heard i the iron accents of discord clang through the field city words ah yet stood they ilion's ramparts but ever the fiery glow ran from neighbor to neighbor walls ever extending from here and there with the roar of its own storm over the darkening city flying saw i through smoke and flame and the tongues of the blinding fire fearful angry presence of gods stalking marvelous figures giant great through the gloomy fire illuminate vapors saw i or was it but dread of the mind that fashioned forms so affrighting never can justly i say it yet that i her horrible here with eyes behold is to me known and certain even to my hand were palpable did not the terror restrain me holding me back from the danger which one of forcius's daughters then art thou since i compare thee unto that family art thou perchance of the grae one of the dreaded greyborn, one eye and tooth only, owning alternately? Darest thou, monster, here beside beauty, unto high Phoebus's vision display thee? Step thou forth, notwithstanding, for the ugly beholds he not, even as his hallowed glances never beheld the shadow. Yet a sorrowful adverse fate, us mortals compelleth, alas, to endure the unspeakable eye-pain, which she, she the accursed, reprehensible, provokes in the lovers of beauty. Yes, then hearken, if thou brazenly us shalt encounter, hear the curse, hear the threat of every abuse from the denouncing mouths of the fortunate whom the gods themselves have fashioned. Old is the saw, and yet its sense is high and true, that shame and beauty ne'er together, hand in hand, pursued their way across the green domains of earth deep-rooted dwells in both such force of ancient hate that wheresoever on their way one haps to meet the other each upon her rival turns her back then forth again vehemently they hasten on shame deep depressed but beauty insolent and bold till her at last the hollow night of orcus takes if age hath not beforehand fully tamed her pride so now i find ye shameless ones come from abroad with arrogance overflowing as a file of cranes that with their hoarse far-sounding clangor high in air a cloudy line slow moving send their creaking tones below the lone belated wanderer to allure that he look up but notwithstanding go their way and he goes his 
and likewise will it be with us who then are you that round the royal palace high like maeneads wild or like bacchantes dare to rave who then are you that you the house's stewardess assail and howl at as the breed of dogs the moon think ye from me tis hidden of what race ye are ye brood in war begotten and in battle bred lustful of man seducing no less than seduced emasculating soldiers burghers strength alike methinks to see your crowd a thick cicada swarm hath settled on us covering the green-sown fields devourers ye of others toil ye snatch and taste destroying in its bud the land's prosperity wares are ye plundered bartered and in market sold who rates the servant-maids in presence of the dame audaciously invades the mistress household right her only it becometh to commend what is praiseworthy as to punish what is blamable content moreover am i with the service which they gave me when the lofty strength of ilion beleaguered stood and fell in ruin none the less when we the sorrowful and devious hardships bore of errant travel where each thinks but of himself here too the like from this gay throng do i expect not what the slave is asks the lord but how he serves therefore be silent cease to grin and jeer at them if thou the palace hitherto hast guarded well in place of mistress so much to thy credit stands but now that she herself hath come shouldst thou retire lest punishment in place of pay deserved befall to threaten the domestics is a right assured which she the spouse august of the god prospera king by many years of wise discretion well hath earned since thou now recognized thine ancient station here again assumest as queen and mistress of the house grasp thou the reins so long relaxed be ruler now take in thy keep the treasure and ourselves there too but first of all protect me who the eldest am from this pert throng who with thee swan of beauty matched are only stumpy winged and cackling quacking geese how ugly near to beauty showeth ugliness how silly near to understanding want of sense henceforth the quartets answer in turn stepping singly forth from the chorus of father erebus relate relate of mother night speak thou of scylla sister children of one flesh good store of hideous monsters show thy family tree go down to orcus there thy tribe and kindred seek those who dwell there are all by far too young for thee and old Tiresias try thy lascivious arts. Orion's nurse was great-great-grandchild unto thee. The harpies, I suspect, did nurse and feed on filth. Wherewith dost thou such choice emaciation feed? Not with the blood for which thou all too greedy art. Thou hungering for corpses, hideous corpse thyself the teeth of vampires in thy shameless muzzle shine thine shall i stop when i declare thee who thou art then name thyself the first the riddle thus is solved not angered but in sorrow do i intervene prohibiting the storm of this alternate strife 
for nothing more injurious meets the ruling lord than quarrels of his faithful servants underhand the echo of his orders then returns no more accordantly to him in swiftly finished acts but roaring wilfully encompasses with storm him self-confused and chiding to the empty air nor this alone in most unmannered anger ye have conjured hither pictures of the shapes of dread which so surround me that to orcus now i feel my being whirled despite those well-known native fields can it be memory was it fancy seizing me was all that i and am i now and shall i henceforth be the dream and terror of those town-destroying ones i see the maiden shudder but the eldest thou composedly standest speak a word of sense to me whoe'er the fortune manifold of years recalls sees as a dream at last the favour of the gods but thou so highly dowered so past all measure helped sawst in the ranks of life but love desirous men to every boldest hazard kindled soon and spurred the early theseus snatched excited by desire like hercules in strength a splendid form of man he bore me forth a ten-year-old in slender row and shut me in a fidness tower in attica but then by castor and by pollux soon released the choicest crowd of heroes wooing around thee pressed yet my most secret favour freely i confess patroclus won the likeness of pelides he wed by thy father's will to menelaus then the bold sea-rover the sustainer of his house my sire the daughter gave him and the government then from our wedded nearness sprang hermione yet when he boldly claimed the heritage of crete to thee the lonely one too fair a guest appeared why wilt thou thus recall that semi-widowhood and all the hideous ruin it entailed on me to me a free-born cretan did that journey bring imprisonment as well protracted slavery at once he hither ordered thee as stewardess giving in charge the fortress and the treasure stores which thou forsookest wending to the towered town of ilion and the unexhausted joys of love name not those joys to me for sorrow all too stern unendingly was poured upon my breast and brain nathless they say dost thou appear in double form beheld in ilion in egypt to be held make wholly not confuse my clouded wandering sense even in this moment who i am i cannot tell and then they say from out the hollow realm of shades achilles yet was joined in passion unto thee who earlier loved thee gainst all ordinances of fate to him the vision i a vision wed myself it was a dream even as the words themselves declare i vanish hence and to myself a vision grow she sinks into the arms of the semi-chorus silence silence false seeing one false speaking one out of the hideous single-toothed mouth what should be exhaled from such abominable horror throat for the malevolent seeming benevolent wolf's wrath under the sheep's woolly fleece fearfuller far is unto me than throat of the three-headed dog anxiously listening stand we here 
When, how, where shall break and forth further malice from the deeply ambushed monster? Now, instead of friendly words and consoling, let the bestowing gratefully mild. Stirrest thou up from all the past, evilest more than good things, and darkness all at once, both the gleam of the present and also the future's sweetly glimmering dawn of hope. Silence, silence! That the queen's high spirit, not to forsake her now, hold out and not bear yet the form all form which the sun shone on ever. Helena has recovered and stands again in the center. Forth from transient vapors comes the lofty sun of this bright day, that obscured could so delight us, but in splendor dazzles now. As the world to thee is lovely, thou art lovely unto us, though as ugly they revile me, well I know the beautiful. Tottering step I from the void that, dizzy, fainting round me closed, and again would fain be resting, for so weary are my limbs. Yet to queens beseemeth chiefly, as to all men it beseems, calm to be, and pluck up courage, whatsoe'er may menace them. Standing now in all thy greatness, and in all thy beauty here, says thine eye that thou commandest, what commandest thou, speak it out. Be prepared, for much neglected in your quarrel, to atone. Haste, a sacrifice to furnish, as the king hath ordered me. All is ready in the palace, vessels, tripods, sharpened axe, for the sprinkling fumigating. Show to me the victim now. This the king not indicated. Spake it not? O oh, word of woe! What distress hath overcome thee? Queen, the offering art thou. I? And these. Ah, woe and sorrow! Thou shalt fall beneath the axe. Fearful, yet foreboded. I, alas. There seemeth no escape. Ah, and, and what, what to us will happen? She will die a noble death, but upon the lofty beam, upholding rafter frame and roof, as in birding time the throstles, ye in turn shall struggling hang. Helena and the chorus stand amazed and alarmed in striking, well-arranged groups. Ye phantoms, like to frozen images ye stand, in terror thus from day to part, which is not yours. Men and the race of spectres like you, one and all, renounce not willingly the bright beams of the sun, but from the end may none implore or rescue them. All know it, yet tis pleasant unto very few. Enough, ye all are lost. Now speedily to work. She claps her hands. Thereupon appear in the doorway muffled dwarfish forms, which at once carry out with alacrity the commands expressed. This way, ye gloomy, sphery-bodied monster throng, roll hitherwards. Ye here may damage as ye will. The altar portable, the golden horned, set up. The axe let shimmering lie across the silver rim. The urns of water fill, for soon to wash away shall be the black blood's horrible and smutching stains. Here spread the costly carpets out upon the dust, that so the offering may kneel in queenly wise, and folded then, although with severed head, at once, with decent dignity, be granted sepulture. The queen is standing, 
sunk in thought beside us here the maids wither like the late mown meadow grass methinks that i the eldest in high duty bound should words exchange with thee primeval eldest thou thou art experienced wise and seemeth well disposed although this brainless throng assailed thee in mistake declare then if thou knowest possible escape tis easy said upon the queen it rests alone to save herself and ye appendages with her but resolution and the swiftest needful is worthiest and most reverend of the parse wisest sibyl thou hold the golden shears yet open then declare us day and help we already feel discomfort of the soaring swinging struggling and our limbs and dances first would rather move in joyous cadence resting afterwards on lovers breasts let these be timid pain i feel but terror none yet if thou knowest of rescue grateful i accept unto the wise wide-seeing mind is verily shown the impossible oft as possible then speak and say speak, speak and tell us tell us quickly how escape we now the fearful fatal nooses that so menace like the vilest form of necklace wound about our tender throats already in anticipation we can feel the choking smothering if thou rhea lofty mother of the gods to mercy be not moved have you then patience such long-winded course of speech to hear in silence manifold the stories are patience enough meanwhile in hearing still we live whoso to guard his noble wealth abides at home and in his lofty dwelling well cements the chinks and also from the pelting rain secures the roof with him the long days of his life shall all be well but whosoever his threshold's holy square-hewn stone lightly with flying foot and guile oversteps finds when he comes again the ancient place indeed but all things altered if not utterly overthrown wherefore declaim such well-known sayings here as these thou wouldst narrate then stir not up annoying themes it is historic truth and nowise a reproach sea plundering menelaus steered from bay to bay he skirted as a foe the islands and the shores returning with the booty which in yonder rusts then ten long years he passed in front of ilion but for the voyage home how many know i not and now how is it where we stand by tyndarus's exalted house how is it with the regions round hast then abuse become incarnated in thee that canst not open once thy lips except to blame so many years deserted stood the valley hills that in the rear of sparta northwards rise aloft behind tagetus whence as yet a nimble brook eurytus downward rolls and then along our vale by reed beds broadly flowing nourishes your swans behind there in the mountain dells a daring breed have settled pressing forth from the cimmerian night and there have built a fortress inaccessible whence land and people now they harry as they please have they accomplished that impossible it seems they had the time it may be twenty years in all is one a chief and are they robbers many leagued not robbers are they yet of many one is chief 
I blame him not, although on me he also fell. He might indeed have taken all, yet was content with some free gifts, he said, tribute he called it not. How looked the man? By no means ill, he pleased me well. Cheerful and brave and bold, and nobly formed is he, a prudent man and wise, as few among the Greeks. They call the race barbarians, yet I question much if one so cruel be, as thereby Ilion, in man-devouring rage so many heroes were. His greatness I respected, did confide in him. And then his fortress! That should ye yourselves behold! Tis something other than unwieldy masonry, the which your fathers helter-skelter tumbling piled. Cyclopean like the cyclops, stones undressed at once on stones undressed upheaving. There, however, there, all plumb and balanced is, conformed to square and rule. Behold it from without, it rises heavenward up so hard, so tight of joint, and mirrors smooth as steel. To climb up there, nay, even your thought itself slides off, and mighty courts of ample space within, enclosed around with structures of all character and use. There you see pillars, pillarets, arches great and small, balconies, galleries for looking out and in, and coats of arms. What are they? Ajax surely bore a twisted serpent on his shield, as ye have seen. The seven also before Thebes had images, each one upon his shield, with many meanings rich. One saw there moon and star in the nocturnal sky, and goddesses and heroes, ladders, torches, swords, and whatsoe'er afflicting threateneth good towns. Such symbols also bore our own heroic band, in shining tints, bequeathed from eldest ancestry. You see there lions, eagles, likewise claws and beaks, then buffalo horns with wings and roses, peacock's tails, and also bars, gold, black and silver, blue and red. The like of these in halls are hanging row on row, in halls unlimited and spacious as the world. There might ye dance. But, but tell us, are there dancers there? Ay, and the best, a blooming gold-haired throng of boys, breathing ambrosial youth so only Paris breathed, when he approached too nearly to the queen. Thou fallest entirely from thy part. Speak now the final word. Tis thou shalt speak it, say with grave distinctness, yes, then straight will I surround thee with that fortress. Speak, speak, speak the one brief word, and save thyself and us. us. What? Shall I fear King Menelaus may transgress so most inhumanely as thus to smite myself? Hast thou forgotten how he thy Diphobus, brother of fallen Paris, who with stubborn claim took thee, the widow, as his fair, did visit with unheard-of mutilation? Nose and ears he cropped and otherwise disfigured. T'was a dread to see. That did he unto him. He did it for my sake. Because of him he now will do the like to thee. Beauty is indivisible, who once possessed her wholly, rather slays than only share in part. Trumpets in the distance. The chorus starts in terror. Even as the trumpet's piercing clangor gripes and tears the ear and entrail nerves, 
thus jealousy her claws drives in the bosom of the man who ne'er forgets what once was his but now is lost possessed no more hearest thou not the trumpets pealing seest thou not the shine of swords king and lord be welcome hither willing reckoning will i give what of us you know it clearly see her death before your eyes there within your own shall follow nay there is no help for you pause what i may venture first to do have i devised a hostile daemon art thou that i feel full well and much i fear thou wilt convert the good to bad but first to yonder fortress now i follow thee what then shall come i know but what the queen thereby as mystery in her deepest bosom may conceal remain unguessed by all now ancient lead the way oh, oh how gladly we go hastening thither chasing us death and, and rising before us the towering castle's inaccessible ramparts guard us as well may they as ilion's citadel fort which at last alone fell through contemptible wiles mists arise and spread obscuring the background also the nearer portion of the scene at pleasure how is it how sisters look around was it not cheerful as day banded vapors are hovering up out of eurota's holy stream vanished e'en now hath the lovely reed engarlanded shore from the sight likewise the free gracefully proud silently floating swans made it in joy of their swimming see i alas no more still but still crying i hear them hoarsely crying afar ominous death presaging ah may to us the tones not also stead of deliverance promised ruin announced at last us the swan-like and slender long white-throated and she our fair swan begotten woe to us woe all is covered and hid round us with vapour and cloud each other behold we not what happens do we advance hover we only with skipping footstep along the ground seest thou not soars not even perchance hermes before us shines not the golden wand bidding commanding us back again to the cheerless gray twilighted full of impalpable phantoms overfilled eternally empty hades yes at once the air is gloomy sunless vanish now the vapors gray and darkly brown as buildings walls present themselves before us blank against our clearer vision is it a court a moat or pitfall fear inspiring anyway and sisters ah behold us prisoned prisoned now as ne'er before in a courtyard of a castle surrounded with rich fantastic buildings of the middle ages precipitate and foolish type of women ye dependent on moment sport of every breeze that blows mischance or luck and neither ye support calmly one is sure to contradict the others fiercely and crosswise the others her only enjoy in pain ye howl and laugh alike be silent now and here can what the mistress here high thought may determine for herself and us where art thou pythoness whatever be thy name step forth from out these arches of the gloomy keep 
if thou didst go unto the wondrous hero lord me to announce preparing thus reception fit then take my thanks and lead me speedily to him i wish the wandering closed i wish for rest alone in vain thou lockest queen always around the year that fatal shape hath vanished hence perhaps remaining there in the midst from out whose bosom hitherwards i know not how we came swiftly without a step perhaps indeed she strays lost in the labyrinth of many castles wondrously combined as one seeking august and princely welcome from the lord but see i up yonder moves in readiness a crowd in galleries at windows through the portals come a multitude of servants hastening here and there and this proclaims distinguished welcome to the guests my, my heart is relieved o oh, yonder behold how so orderly downward with lingering step the crowd of the youths in dignity comes in regular march who hath given command that they marshal in ranks and so promptly disposed the youthfulest boys of the beautiful race what shall most i admire is it the delicate gait or the curls of the hair on the white of the brow or the twin rounded cheeks blushing red like the peach and also like them with silkiest down fain therein would i bite yet i fear me to try for in similar case was the mouth thereupon filled i shudder to tell it with ashes but they the fairest hither they come what do they bear steps to the throne carpet and seat curtain and tent or similar gear waving around and cloudy wreaths forming o'er the head of our queen for she already ascendeth invited the sumptuous couch come forward now step by step solemnly ranged worthy oh threefold worthy her may such a reception be blessed all that is described by the chorus takes place by degrees after the boys and squires have descended in a long procession faust appears above at the head of the staircase in knightly court costume of the middle ages and then comes down slowly and with dignity leader of the chorus observing him attentively if now indeed the gods to this man have not lent as oft they do to men a brave transcendent form a winning presence stately dignity of mine for temporary service all he undertakes will always bring him triumph whether in fight with men or in the minor wars with fairest ladies waged him verily to host of others i prefer whom highly flamed withal i have myself beheld with slow and solemn step by reverence restrained i see the prince approach turn thou thy head o queen faust approaching a man in fetters at his side instead of solemn greeting as beseems or reverential welcome bring i thee fast bound in welded fetters here the knave whose duty slighted cheated me of mine kneel down thou culprit that this lofty dame may hear the prompt confessions of thy guilt this sovereign mistress is the man select for piercing vision on the turret high stationed to look around the space of heaven and breadth of earth to read with sharpest glance if here or there perchance come aught to view between the stronghold and the circling hills if aught may move 
whether the billowy herds or waves of armed men, those we protect, encounter these. Today, what negligence! Thou comest, he proclaims it not. We fail in honourable reception, most deserved of such high guest. Now, forfeited, hath he his guilty life, and should have shed the blood of death deserved. But only thou shalt meet pardon or punishment at thy good will. So high the power which thou hast granted me, as mistress and as judge, although it were, I may conjecture, meant but as a test, yet now I use the judge's bounden right to give the accused a hearing. Speak then thou. Let me kneel and let me view her, let me live or let me die, for enslaved, devoted to her, this God-granted dame am I. Watching for the morn's advancing, where her pathways eastward run, all at once a sight entrancing in the south arose the sun. There to look the wonder drew me, not the glance, the summit's cold, space of sky or landscape gloomy. Only her did I behold. Beam of sight to me was given, like the lynx on highest tree, but in vain I've urged and striven, t'was a dream that fettered me. Could I know, or how be aided, think of tower or bolted gate? Vapors rose and vapors faded, and the goddess came in state. I and heart did I surrender to the softly shining spell. Blinding all with beauty's splendor, she hath blinded me as well. I forgot the warder's duty and the trumpet's herald call, threatened to destroy me. Beauty bindeth angers, frees her thrall. The evil which I brought I dare no more chastise. Ah, woe to me! What fate severe pursues me, everywhere the breasts of men so to infatuate, that nor them nor aught besides of worth they spare. Now plundering, seducing, fighting, hurried to and fro. Heroes and demigods, gods, demons even, hither and thither led me sore perplexed. Soul, I the world bewildered doubly more. Now threefold, fourfold, woe on woe I bring. Remove this guiltless man, let him go free. The god deluded merits no disgrace. Amazed, O queen, do I behold alike the unerring art and the stricken prey. I see the bow wherefrom the arrow sped that wounded him. Arrows on arrows fly and strike me. I suspect the feathered hum of bolts cross fire through all the courts and towers. What am I now? At once rebellious thou makest my faithfulest, and insecure my wars. Thence do I fear that even my hosts obey the conquering and unconquered dame. What else remains, but that I give to thee myself, and all I vainly fancied mine? Let me before thy feet, in fealty true, thee now acknowledge, Lady, whose approach won thee at once possession and the throne. Lincius, with a chest and men who follow, bearing others. Thou seest me, queen, returned and free. The wealthy begs a glance from thee. Thee he beheld and feeleth since, as beggar poor, yet rich as prince. What was I erst? What now am I? What shall I will? What do or try? 
what boots the eyesight's sharpest ray back from thy throne it bounds away forth from the east we hither pressed and all was over with the west so long and broad the people massed the foremost knew not of the last the foremost fell the second stood the third one's lance was prompt and good each one a hundred strength supplied unnoted thousands fell and died we onward pressed in stormy chase the lords were we from place to place and where to-day i ruled as chief the morrow brought another thief we viewed the ground but viewed in haste the fairest woman one embraced one took the oxen from the stall the horses followed one and all but my delight was to espy what rarest was to mind and eye and all that others might amass to me was so much withered grass i hunted on the treasure trail where'er sharp sight could me avail in every pocket did i see and every chest was glass to me and heaps of gold i came to own with many a splendid jewel stone the emeralds only worthy seem greenly upon thy breast to gleam twixt lip and ear let swaying sleep the pearly egg of oceans deep such place the rubies dare not seek they are blanched beside thy rosy cheek and thus the treasure's offering i here before thy presence bring late at thy feet be now revealed the spoils of many a bloody field though i have brought of chests a store yet iron caskets i have more let me attend thee do thy will and i thy treasure vaults will fill for scarcely didst thou mount the throne then bowed to own and bent to own thy beauty's sway that very hour wisdom and wealth and sovereign power all such i held secure as mine now freed therefrom behold it thine i deemed its worth and value plain now see i it was null and vain what i possessed from me doth pass dispersed like moan and withered grass one bright and beauteous glance afford and all its worth is straight restored remove with speed the burden boldly won not blamed indeed but neither with reward all is her own already which the keep with it holds and special offer thus is useless go and pile up wealth on wealth in order fit present the show august of splendours yet unseen the vaulted halls make shine like clearest heaven let paradise from lifeless pomp of life created be hastening before her footsteps be unrolled the flower embroidered carpets let her tread fall on the softest footing and her glance gods only bear undazed on proudest pomp what the lord commands is slight for the servants labour light over wealth and blood and breath this proud beauty governeth lo thy warrior thongs are tame all the swords are blunt and lame near the bright form we behold even the sun is pale and cold near the riches of her face all things empty shorn of grace helena to faust fain to discourse with thee i bid thee come up hither to my side the empty place invites its lord and thus secures me mine first kneeling let the dedication be accepted lofty lady 
let me kiss the gracious hand that lifts me to thy side confirm me as co-regent of thy realm whose borders are unknown and win for thee guard slave and worshipper and all in one i hear and witness marvels manifold amazement takes me much would i inquire yet now instruct me wherefore spake the man with strangely sounding speech friendly and strange each sound appeared as yielding to the next and when a word gave pleasure to the ear another came caressing then the first if thee our people's mode of speech delight o thou shalt be enraptured with our song which wholly satisfies both ear and mind but it were best we exercise it now alternate speech entices cause it forth canst thou to me that lovely speech impart tis easy it must issue from the heart and if the breast with yearning overflow one looks around and asks who shares the glow nor past nor future shades an hour like this but wholly in the present is our bliss gain pledge and fortune in the present stand what confirmation does it ask my hand who would take it amiss that our princess granteth now to the castle's lord friendliest demonstration for indeed collectively are we captives as oft-times already since the infamous downfall of ilion and the perilous labyrinthine sorrowful voyage women to the love of men accustomed dainty choosers are they not but proficients skilful and unto golden-haired shepherds perchance black bristly fawns too even as comes opportunity unto the limbs in their vigour fully award they an equal right near and nearer already sit they to each other drawn shoulder to shoulder knee to knee hand in hand they bend and sway over the throne's softly pillowed luxurious pomp majesty here not withholds its secret raptures willfully boldly revealed thus to the eyes of the people i feel so far away and yet so near and am so fain to say here i am here i scarcely breathe i tremble speech is dead it is a dream and day and place have fled i seem as life were done and yet so new blent thus with thee to thee the unknown true to probe this rarest fate be not impelled being is duty though a moment held forkias violently entering spell in lovers primers sweetly probe and dally cosset featly test your wanton sport completely but there is not time nor place feel ye not the gloomy presage hear ye not the trumpet's message for the ruin comes apace menelaus with his legions storms across the hither regions call to battle all your race by the victors execrated like diphobus mutilated thou shalt pay for woman's grace first shall dangle every light one at the altar then the bright one find the keen axe in its place disturbance rash repulsively she presses in not even in danger meet is senseless violence 
ill message makes the fairest herald ugly seem. Thou ugliest, delightest but in evil news, yet this time shalt thou not succeed. With empty breath stir, shatter thou the air, there is no danger here, and unto us were danger but an idle threat. Signals, explosions from the towers, trumpets and cornets, martial music. A powerful armed force marches past. No! Hero bands, none ever braver, at once shalt thou assembled see. He, sole, deserves the lady's favour, whose arm defends them gallantly. To the leaders of the troops, who detach themselves from the columns and come forwards. With rage restrained, in silence banded, and certain of the victory feast, Ye northern blossoms, half expanded, ye flowery furthers of the east, the light upon their armour breaking, they plundered realm on realm at will. They come, and lo, the earth is quaking, they march away, it thunders still. In Pylos we forsook the waters, the ancient Nestor is no more, and soon our lawless army scatters, the troops of kings on Grecian's shore. Back from these wars no more delaying, drive Menelaus to the sea, there let him wander, robbing, slaying, as was his wish and destiny. I hail you, dukes, as forth ye sally, beneath the rule of Sparta's queen. Now lay before her mount and valley, and you shall share the kingdom green. Thine, German, be the hand that forges, defence for Corinth and her bays. Achaia, with its hundred gorges, I give thee, Goth, to hold and raise. Towards Elise, Franks, direct your motion, Messene be the Saxon state the Norman claim and sweep the ocean, and Argolis again make great. Then each shall dwell in homes well dowered, and only outer foemen meet, yet still by Sparta overtowered, the queen's ancestral ancient seat. Each one shall she behold, abiding in lands that lack no liberal right, and at her feet ye'll seek, confiding, your confirmation, law and light faust descends from the throne the princes form a circle around him in order to receive special commands and instructions who for himself the fairest desires first of all things let him bravely and wisely a weapon acquire flattering indeed he may conquer what on earth is the highest but he quietly may not possess while he sneaks entice her away Robbers boldly abduct her from him, this to hinder be he prepared. Therefore now our prince I praise, holding him higher than others, since he wisdom and strength combines, so that the strong men obedient stand, waiting his every beckon. They his orders faithfully heed, each for the profiting of himself, as for the rulers rewarding thanks, and for the highest renown of both. For who shall tear her away now from the mighty possessor? His is she, and to him be she granted, doubly granted by us, whom he, even as her, within by sure walls hath surrounded, and without by a powerful host.
The gifts they've won by our concession, in fee to each a wealthy land, are grand and fair, grant them possession, we in the midst will take our stand. And they in rivalry protect thee, half island girdled by the sea, with whispering waves, whose soft hill chains connect thee with the last branch of Europe's mountain tree. This land, before all lands in splendour, on every race shall bliss confer, which to my queen in glad surrender yields as it first looked up to her. When, mid Eurotas, whispering rushes, she burst from Leda's purple shell, so blinding in her beauty's flushes that mother, brothers, felt the spell. This land, which seeks thy sole direction, its brightest bloom hath now unfurled. Prefer thy fatherland's affection to what is wholly thine, the world. And though upon its ridgy backs of mountains the sun's cold arrow smites each cloven head, yet where the rock is green by falling fountains, the wild goat nibbles and is lightly fed. The springs leap forth, the streams united follow, green are the gorges, slopes and meads below. On hundred hillsides, cleft with many a hollow, thou seest the woolly herds like scattered snow. Divided, cautious, graze with measured paces, the cattle onward to the dizzy edge. Yet for them all are furnished sheltered places, where countless caverns arch the rocky ledge. Pan guards them there, and nymphs of life are dwelling, in bushy clefts that moist and freshest be, and yearningly to higher regions swelling, the branches crowd aloft of tree on tree. Primeval woods, the strong oak, there is regnant, and bough crooks out from bough in stubborn state. The maple mild with sweetest juices pregnant shoots cleanly up and dallies with its weight. And motherly, in that still realm of shadows, the warm milk flows, for child's and lambkin's lips at hand is fruit, the food of fertile meadows, and from the hollow trunk the honey drips. Here comfort is in birth transmitted, to cheek and lip here joy is sent, each is immortal in his stations fitted, and all are healthy and content. And thus the child in that bright season gaineth the father strength, as in a dream we wander. Yet the question still remaineth, if they are men, when gods they seem. So was Apollo shepherd-like in feature, that other shepherds were as fair and fleet. For where in such clear orbit moveth nature, all worlds in interaction meet taking his seat beside her. Thus hath success my fate and thine attended. Henceforth behind us let the past be furled. O fill thyself from highest God descended, for thou belongest to the primal world. Thy life shall circumscribe no fortress frowning. Still in eternal youth stands as it stood. For us our stay with every rapture crowning, Arcadia in Sparta's neighbourhood. To tread this happy soil at last incited, Thy flight was toward a joyous destiny. Now let our throne become a bower unblighted, Our bliss 
become Arcadian and free. End of Act Three, Part One.